soulmate. So much to discuss on this Friday. I want to welcome you to Fox Soul's Black Report. We're following the latest from Washington as Senator Tim Scott is placing blame on Biden. We'll tell you why. And how rapper Juvenile is being honored for his work and his impact on the culture. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm the Cordelia Corte. Plus, Georgia Peach, Cynthia Bailey, will stop by to show us how to make her new Southern Peach Punch and the conflicting reports regarding the ownership of BET. Yeah, they're the stories that impact our people. We're going to bring you our news, our views, and our voice. So let's get into our big conversation for the day. Expelled Tennessee lawmakers win special primaries after protesting gun violence. State Rep. Justin Jones ran unopposed in Nashville, while State Rep. Justin Pearson triumphed with over 94% of the votes in Memphis. Both lawmakers, along with a colleague, were expelled after demanding action following a tragic shooting. They were reinstated and will compete in the upcoming special general election in August. Definitely some big news as of late. Very big news. And you know, we've had Representative Justin Pearson right here we on did. Fox Souls Black Report. And anybody that has a chance to spend any time with him, it's very clear this brother is walking in his mm -hmm. purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, and so are all of the Tennessee three. They, you know, Justin Jones is also walking in his purpose. Look, the fact that Pearson garnered more than 94% of the huge. vote, right? It's not often, you know, that candidates win at that sort of, mm -hmm. uh, of margin. And so it says something about the enthusiasm uh, behind his leadership and his vision yeah. for the people of Tennessee. And, you know, I would also add, you you know, despite it, all the obstacles that the Tennessee GOP seems to be putting in their path, they are overcoming. Mm -hmm. They are overcoming them, and the community is behind them, and it is really wonderful to see. It is going to be wonderful to continue to see how they secure uh, their legacy and continue to get into that, uh, you know, that good trouble. It is really good to see such dignity and, and composure they have. That's right. Love it. Well, black women are making history in state legislatures with a record-breaking number of seats. According to the Center for American Women in Politics, there are currently 390 72 black women serving, representing the second largest group in state houses. While progress is evident, some states have seen declines in black women legislators. Now, despite representing a larger proportion of the population in some states, black women remain underrepresented in political offices. Challenges such as racism and sexism persist, but efforts to recruit and support black women candidates are contributing to their growing power and influence. Listen, just just unprecedented strides, if you will, and, and you know, culminating with um, the, the seating of uh, Justice uh, Brown Jackson, which to me was kind of like the exclamation point to the accomplishments of, of Madam Vice President. When has black, when have black women never been tasked with uh, not just saving our culture, but saving the world. You know, you, you hear a lot of that talk, especially uh, when it was getting, you know, certain uh, politicians uh, in office, you know, garnering up that support, mm -hmm. drumming up the support and, and, and try to, um, you know, invigorate and excite uh, yeah. that black vote. Uh, we've always been at the forefront of that. Well, I remember when uh, now Mayor Karen Bass of Los Angeles was Assembly Speaker Karen Bass, mm. and she was the first African-American woman to lead a legislative body in the country. And so just in our lifetime to see, you know, this sort of energy, yeah. you know, seeing black women in leadership in the legislature, we love to see it. Absolutely.
All right, Justice Department officials are expected to announce the findings of a two-year investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department's practices following the murder of George Floyd. Now, the inquiry led by top officials, including Attorney General Merrick Garland, will be revealed during a news conference in Minneapolis. The investigation focused on policies, training, and accountability systems involving public input and community experiences. The announcement comes amid calls for police reform and national protests following Floyd's death. And right before uh, we went on air, the 92-page Justice Department report was released. Um, to me, it reads as very water is wet, you know, mm -hmm. in that it says that the uh, the Minneapolis uh, Police Department used excessive force, including unjustified deadly force, that they unlawfully discriminated against black and Native American people, that they violated the rights of people engaged in speech protected by the First Amendment, and they discriminated along with the city against people with behavioral health disabilities during calls for assistance. And so we know what the problem is. The question is, well, what are folks going to do about it? And the Justice Department um, is negotiating a concern degree that would appoint an independent monitor to monitor, you know, uh, changes in the right direction uh, with the Minneapolis Police Department. Yeah, I just said that yesterday with a, another something we were talking about. It's good to know and it's good to be armed with the information, but I need some resolution-based information. I need solutions. Yeah, that's right. Well, Obama criticizes Senator Tim Scott's optimistic tone on race, calling for an honest acknowledgement of the past and present. Obama emphasizes the need for addressing generational poverty resulting from centuries of racism. While not criticizing Scott individually, Obama highlights a tendency among Republican candidates to downplay the lingering effects of racism. Scott, the only black candidate in the 2024 GOP presidential primary, argues that his success represents progress, but critics argued overlooks ongoing racial obstacles. Obama hopes to see a Republican candidate serious about addressing inequality based on race. Scott responds, uh, emphasizing America's potential for unity and progress. And keeping with uh, Senator Tim Scott's belief in a post-racial America despite evidence of systemic racism is drawing criticism. Scott's claim that Republicans face uh, uh, discrimination comparable to Jim Crow is seen as exaggeration as former President Trump faces indictment. Scott accuses the Biden administration of a double standard. Critics question the connection between Trump's charges and protecting Democrats. Scott's promises to address racial disparities and restore faith in the justice system are viewed skeptically due to his denial of systemic racism. I know you have a lot to say about this, doctor. Listen, I mean, I think the, sto the story stands for itself. If yeah. you can't face it, then you can't address it, and you certainly can't solve for it. And mm -hmm. I think that's the point that former President Obama is trying to make, is that, you know, there has not been a Republican candidate, certainly not a black candidate, mm -hmm. that has mm -hmm. been able to speak very squarely to the issues that we have reported on time and time again right here on Fox Soul's Black Report. I mean, look at, look at the report that just came out of the Justice Department. 92 pages looking at the systemic racism 
and how that discrimination shows up with the Minneapolis Police Department, mm -hmm. right? That was that was that was a report that was prepared uh, after two years of an investigation, right? And so for Senator Tim Scott or any serious candidate for the Republican nomination for president, for them to, to act as if these issues don't exist and we just live in this fairy tale post-racial society, I don't think they're worthy of the office. Especially when you take into the account his backstory. I mean, a great story uh, to success. He talks about from, from the cotton fields to Congress, very, uh, you know, an admirable uh, story and a look at, uh, at how you can, you know, live a dream, if you will. But, you you know, you're telling the story of your, your grandparents your, 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 and, and to not think that your grandfather did not have to face exactly what you're denying doesn't make sense to me. Don't make a lick of sense. But switching gears, trending online, Beyonce's tour is expected to make millions and millions of dollars. But is her tour bad for business? Yeah, last month, Beyonce opened her tour in Stockholm, and now she's being blamed for inflation in Sweden. <laughs> Good Lord. An economist there says that the tour led to an increased demand for hotel and restaurants, driving up prices and bumping up inflation in the country. Now, The Economist estimates that the singer's concerts probably contributed. 0.2 percentage points. Mm. Yeah, Beyonce starts the U.S. leg of her tour in July. I can't wait to see her B. in L.A. in September. We know, we know, we know they're going to blame it on B. Listen, uh, Sweden probably already had maybe a, a few issues. That's one of those countries they kind of just keep, I know Switzerland is like neutral, but I feel like Sweden just kind of sort of keeps to themselves and doesn't say too much. You would think that they would welcome all of that business, you know, that Beyonce brings. It's not like they didn't know she wasn't coming. So, you know, maybe a little bit more prep. In, in, in preparing, especially when word got out that, you know, for uh, Americans, it might be cheaper to go see her overseas. Mm -hmm. When that got out and people actually start doing that, I feel those countries really should have prepared. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and look, she's not the first. She won't be the last superstar to visit Stockholm. I'm sure plenty have visited in the past. And, you know, when I read the story, I thought, mm, when Elton John visited Stockholm, and the prices, you know, for hotel rooms went up and, but you know, restaurants may, may, may have become a little harder to book. You know, did they make such a big deal out of it? I mean, the headline, I think, is he's a not, little misleading. He's not Beyonce. He's not Beyonce, but, you know, once upon a time, he was a major superstar. Not I'm sure denying he, that. I'm sure he might have visited he's Stockholm. He's not Beyonce. He Still is. ahead, Snoop Dogg is calling <laughs> the shots when it comes to honoring his legacy. That's he's not right. Beyonce. We'll tell you what him and Sade is doing, or should we say not doing, until next year. Mm. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. We'll be right back. John ain't Beyonce. I didn't say that he Elton, was Beyonce. Elton, I said he was Elton John. Beyonce. That's what I said. Welcome back to Foxhole's Black Report. Well, a recent survey by ResumeBuilder.com reveals that more than 50% 
of American employers already offer or intend to implement a four-day oh, work week. Let's get it. Proponents argue that this shift can enhance job satisfaction and work-life balance while maintaining productivity. Trials conducted in Iceland and the UK demonstrated positive outcomes, including reduced stress and improved customer service. However, effectively managing challenges such as the potential blurring of work and personal time is crucial. The survey indicates a growing acceptance of the concept among U.S. employers who must carefully manage productivity, meetings, and compensation for successful implementation. All right, so there's a Bloomberg survey that reveals nearly half of financial professionals, that's 48.5%, are ready to find new jobs if their current ones require increased office attendance. Only 20% prefer working in the office, while the majority favor hybrid work arrangements. Despite job cuts in the financial industry, professionals prioritize remote work options and are comfortable with the prospect of unemployment. Remote work has also promoted diversity, benefiting women and non-white individuals. Financial professionals are determined to avoid extensive uh, office presence and are willing to take action. Look, this is this is a big deal, and the cat's out of the bag, hmm. because during the pandemic, we figured out that we could be just as productive, if not more productive, working from home. And I've said this before, we've reported on this, this story time and time again right here on Fox Soul's Black Report, that everybody really wants flexibility. Mm. I don't know anybody who does not want uh, to be able to have the kind of job where you know, they can also tend to other aspects of their life. If a four-day work week were to become standard, do you know it would mark the biggest change, the biggest change to the national work schedule since the five-day work week was adopted by automaker Henry Ford right here in Detroit, 1926? You know, it's about time for us to, you know, really lean into how our nature of work is changing right before our very eyes. Ever since I became a professional, I've always talked about a four-day work week. <laughs> so the world is just catching up. You talk about it just like that, not little voice. Courtney Hicks has been on that for a very long time. In that, in that sort of voice sultry right voice, there, like, like, that listen, sultry voice. Like, listen, people. It's very Sade. This four-day work week <laughs> can work. They, uh, Japan, they did it throughout yeah. the pandemic as well. I, 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 crazy results. And here's the thing, you know, as far as, you know, owners are concerned, you know, you, you, you get rid of those brick and mortar bills, you know, and it, it affects um, the, the uh, environment, not, not uh, too many folks on the road, I'm assuming, with, with cars and, and, and all of that stuff that, that's needed to get to and from work. So I think it's, it's a great idea. I hope they continue to press forward with it. I think the pandemic, if you have to find a, a, a positive in the pandemic, is that we were able to stay home and realize that we could do these things from home. It was a little weird to call a company and you know your customer service with a utility and a dog is barking in the back and you realize oh they're working from home mm -hmm. but as long as they were able to solve the issue or what have you I'm good that's right Work so, from home. so so would you prefer to have you know three days uh, three consecutive days and then you know a uh, day off and then one more day how would you how would you split it up for me, uh, traditionally, as far as my career is concerned, um, you know, when you're in the news, it, it never stops. That's right. Um, but to maybe make good on more work balance type philosophies and policies and mm. things like that, you know, 
we lose people in our lives. You know, you don't get too many days to grieve and put yourself kind of back together again yeah. to show up. People, uh, you know, start families. I love how dads can take uh, leave now to to be there uh, in the home uh, when it comes to a new baby. So so there's that. But there are just some uh, professions that are just going to allow for that. I, I you know the with the uh, first responders, there's like three days on, four days off, but yeah. they need a break. You know, that's high intense. I think it, it different strokes for different lanes of employment, but, but just associating or applying rather the idea of people need downtime to yeah. do their life you know, is I, what I'm big on. I actually think that the, the, the model that the firefighters use and that a lot three of, on, four a, off, a lot of like medical uh, professionals use, mm -hmm. um, you know, what if we apply that to other sectors of our economy? Mm -hmm. I think that would make a big difference. Well, Snoop Dogg has deferred his induction into the Songwriters Hall of Fame due to personal reasons, but plans to be inducted with the class of 2024. Sade has also withdrawn with the organization, stating that she will be inducted in a future class. The five remaining inductees, Glenn Ballard, Gloria Estefan, Jeff Lynn, Teddy Riley and Liz Rose are still set to be honored. Tim Rice will receive the Johnny Mercer Award and Post Malone will receive the Hal David Starlight Award at the 52nd Annual Songwriters Hall of Fame induction and awards dinner on Thursday in New York City. Yeah, I was sad to hear it. Love Snoop, love Sade. Um, but it also made me question, like, what is the what is what is the demand? You know, when you are nominated, you're about to be inducted. Is mm -hmm. there some kind of heavy schedule or demand that, that their schedules or just this time in their life did not allow for uh, right now? But let's circle back around. We got to get Snoop and and Miss Shot Queen Sade in there talk about uh, you talking about touring. Now that's somebody who can go away for about ten years, come back, do an album and a tour, and then go back for ten years. And, and, and every time she comes back, she de it, she delivers. It. She delivers. It looks fantastic. You know, I yeah. mean, good for them. Good for them. look. They're being inducted, and mm -hmm. so it's just it probably just didn't work for their schedule. Mm -hmm. But I mean. You know, what marvelous careers, you know, they have earned mm -hmm. their way into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. I agree. You know, think of how many songs we have shaken the tail feather to from Snoop Dogg. You know, how often we have grooved to Sade. There's a and whole so, generation that's here because of Sade. Hip-hop and jazz. Hello. Coming up, Sesame Street is receiving high praise for black Twitter and users on TikTok. That's right. We'll tell you what the series aired recently that has many saying that they feel seen. We'll be right back. You're watching Foxhole's Black Report. Welcome back to Fox Soul's Black Report. Rap legend Juvenile was presented with a congressional resolution to honor his contributions to the hip hop and black communities. That's right. Juvenile, whose real name is Tyrius Gray, received the honor from Rep Troy Carter this week in the resolution Gray's accomplishments in his music career in and out of his home city was noted. The rep saying that the rapper is recognized as a quote, trailblazer of Southern style of hip hop. That's right. This is the second honor that Juvenile um, has received after the Louisiana State Legislature unanimously 
passed a resolution to honor the rapper for his contributions as well. We love to see it. I mean, this year where, you know, we're still basking in the continued celebration of the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Mm -hmm. um, it's great to see, you know, so many artists that we've enjoyed over the years getting their due, getting recognized. Also great to see them like leaning into that spirit of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. How often have we reported on uh, Uncle Snoop, mm -hmm. you know, and his entrepreneurial endeavors. And so um, it's, it's, it's a great example, I think, for our soulmates and for young folks everywhere that, you know, if you love music, you can love music, yeah. you know, and you can grow and mature in this art for art form and do things that complement the music. Yeah, which is which is why there's been, uh, and I know it may seem a little splinter, but that's why there's been so much throughout the year that's been happening with the 50th uh, anniversary of, of hip hop. Hip hop is because there are so many areas, so many genres, so many styles. Um, hip hop is not a monolith like that <laughs> where, where have it, I heard that before it's not you especially yeah. when you look at juvenile and the camp that he comes out of and uh, the whole uh, push uh, that uh, southern uh, rap music uh, had and 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 uh, you know it's just like a culminating moment that that he is being recognized as an artist uh, because he, he has a nice legacy a nice little catalog and then the fact that hip-hop is now legit you know and and folks you know in the, the, the upper echelon the, the politicians are are recognizing that yeah. in, in this in this 50 years I think it helps that there are elected officials that also grew up that's who are you know listening heads. to hip hop yeah. and being a part of the hip hop community right and so mm -hmm. you know while the art form has matured so has uh, you know those of us that that partake mm -hmm. and that enjoy the art form and so congratulations again Mr. Juvenile that's right all right for many in the black community your hair is a strong part of your identity that's what makes what happened in Michigan this week so special the governor signs the Crown Act. This has been a long time coming for people of color. The Crown Act expands civil rights safeguards in Michigan to protect against discrimination based on hair texture or style. The bill was first introduced in 2019, but failed to advance in the Republican-led legislature. Uh, this version was passed just last week. Michigan is now the 23rd state to pass a Crown Act. I mean, we love Michigan. We love to see it, uh, and you know, Governor Whitmer, you know, Gretch, uh, is delivering it. on a big promise. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, as much as we talk about you know discrimination based upon our hair, mm -hmm. I just remind folks that even in this industry, you know, when I was in journalism school years ago, you couldn't have a beard. That's true. You couldn't have a beard. You could have a mustache, but you couldn't have a beard, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and if you were going to have a beard, you certainly could not sit at the desk. Yeah, well, the right? and the preference was no facial hair at all, That's even right. though the mustache kind of snuck up on in there. And for us, mm -hmm. shaving like that every day going to tear your face up, right? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it is uh, important that we note that the Crown Act, it, it really serves all of us. And yes. so whether we're talking about the hair on our head or the hair on our face, you know, it, it helps us uh, to, to be a more fair and just society. And and for women on, on this side, I mean, I think um, during the pandemic, the, the veil was lifted. And it was a situation for those of us who still had to go, you know, into work um, into the in, uh, and sit at the desk. Uh, you go get this natural hair or you're not going to get an anchor. You're not going to get a reporter. You're not going to get, you know, whoever else is on the air. So deal with it. And I think, you know, for those uh, employers who were kind of 
dragging with that, uh, I think the pandemic was like, okay, okay, all right. Even though, even though the hand was forced, I think there was another level of realization in regards to this is how we come. This is a part of how we express ourselves. No different from how, you know, I would change the, the uh, uh, color of my nails, my hair might change. And it has a few times during the span of Fox Soul's Black Report. And the color of your nails looks very nice. You like the white? It, it complements that rock that your husband gave you. It compliments it very well. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> speaking, <Yeah. laughs> speaking of the Crown Act and black hair, a TikTok video shared by a grateful mother highlighting black hair representation on Sesame Street has gone viral. The long-running children's program has never shied away from being inclusive of all people and had one mother overjoyed by its ability to still surprise us all. Take a look. Auntie rinse the regular conditioner out and puts leave-in conditioner in and detangles my hair one okay. more time. TikTok user uh, Jaime Beauty, that's H-A-I-A-M-A, Jaime, Jaima Beauty, recorded a segment in which a black Muppet explains how her hair is cared for by her auntie. The video has already raked up over 2 million views and has been reshared by users across multiple social media platforms. You know, come on, uh, Sesame Street. They've always been at the forefront of, of change and awareness um, and setting new standards. And it's, it's, it's been so critical over the years and years and years that they've uh, been on air because they're, a lot of times Sesame Street has been the, the very first for a, uh, when you're a baby, that's the first thing you see. Well, I, you know, it's good to hear that nowadays it's still about Sesame Street because there's so many other, you know, choices and varieties, especially mm -hmm. in this digital age that we live in. But back in, in my day, it was just pretty much Sesame Street. And then you graduated to Electric Company. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's just good to see them still setting a precedent and being at the forefront of how we socialize uh, our babies. Absolutely, and, and that's how they started. I mean, Sesame mm -hmm. Street was started to reach black and brown kids. Mm -hmm. Black and brown kids, you know, that, that weren't getting an adequate education in schools, and so it was intended to supplement that. And the mm -hmm. fact that Sesame Street has been running as long as it has, that it's been mm -hmm. intergenerational in terms of the kids that it served. Diverse. You know, that's a big deal, that's yeah. a big deal. And, and, and so, you know, for Sesame Street, you know, to socialize so many ideas that, you know, a lot of folks, you know, might say, well, you know, I don't want my kid learning about that. I don't want my kid, you know, exposed to, you know, you know, a, a potential gay Muppet, you know, or I don't want my kid exposed to, you know, you know, a Muppet, a black Muppet talking about hair, right? This, they've done a really good job socializing ideas that are appropriate at kids' age levels. Uh, they've done a really good job doing that. Uh, and in turn, uh, socializing these ideas with their parents. Who's right? your favorite so Sesame Street character? I mean, who doesn't love Elmo? Who You're an Elmo guy? And, and who, I feel and, like Elmo came later. Like, I just remember Big Bird, the Cookie Monster, the Grouch, I'm, like Oscar. Drac is Dracula? Am I on the right? That's I'm like yeah, yeah. The Count. Those, the, the Count. Yeah. Those are like original, original. I feel like Elmo was later. Well, I remember you asked me which was my favorite character. Oh, I'm character. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I, did, I did. So I said Elmo. Uh, but you know who doesn't love uh, Bird and Ernie? Of course. Uh, and, and you know who doesn't love Big Bird? You know I said this before on one of our very first shows that you know one Christmas all I wanted for Christmas was a Teddy Ruxpin. 
and I didn't get Teddy Ruspin, I got Big Bird. And it's where you put a little, little cassette in, in Big Bird mm -hmm. and the Big Bird would talk to you, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I have an appreciation for Big Bird. Are you hurt because of that, that you didn't get a Teddy? Did you get over the fact that you didn't get a Teddy Rupps? With? I have Those were hard to find that year. Teddy Rupps, but even before that, Cabbage Patch. Yeah, yeah, I made you peace know, with them. In, in my day, <laughs> it was I'm cabbage just, I'm just saying, if there's a soulmate out there that has a vintage Teddy Ruxpin, if you tag me on Instagram, I might be interested. But let me tell you, the new ones don't look like the original no, ones. Not the, the new, new ones one. look demonic. Not you have, <laughs> you the, can, the eyes are... You're going to have the toy store oh, reaching out to us. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Up next, summer is here, and soulmates, we are outside <laughs> in such a kind of way. Uh, but we need something to sip, sip on while we're uh, in the sun, right? That's, that's right. We outside, 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 but we have no fear. Georgia Peach and supermodel Cynthia Bailey joins us to show us how to make this summer's hottest cocktail. You do not want to miss this. Come on back. You're watching Fox Souls Black Report. Welcome back to Fox Hole's Black Report. Well, summer is here, soulmates, and we outside. All the way outside, mm -hmm. okay? That means we need to have the right cocktail to welcome in those vacation vibes. Here to show us how to get into it, how to get into the spirit, and make her new Southern Peach Punch is supermodel actress, businesswoman, Queen C, Cynthia Bailey. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey. Hi. Good just, to have you just here. Gorgeous. Just know. gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Come on, light. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, all right. Okay, you know, you're only as good as your light. That's right. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. In more ways than not. Well, Cynthia, we appreciate you being here. Uh, but before we hop into uh, the cocktails, tell us a little bit about what's new with you. What's going on in the world yes. of Cynthia Bailey? Cynthia Bailey. Well, like you guys already said, uh, you're back outside and I'm most definitely back outside, okay? I am having just an amazing time just transitioning from reality star to actress. I've been super busy making movies and TV shows, so I'm excited to share all those things with you guys when it comes out. And then also in my personal life, I am dating, definitely single, and uh, having fun mingling. That's what I'm talking about. You better get your roster <laughs> starting lineup. All right. <laughs> until all right. somebody, you know, is the somebody. Do what you got to do. All right. Um, you know, we, we've seen throughout the years all of your accomplishments, even prior to becoming, you know, a housewife, we, you, the, the quintessential businesswoman, and we just love the handbags, sunglasses. I'm down. Let me tell you. Tell us uh, about what are the newest lines and how things are going with that. Okay, all right. Uh, although my focus is 100% acting at this point, mm -hmm. I do still have a few of my businesses. I'm actually bringing my eyewear line back, so you can expect that. What we see right now is my CB Bior line. Mm. That's actually the new launch of, um, It's the line has been around for a while, but this is our new 2023 campaign that we just shot. So I'll be posting that on Instagram super soon for you guys. Excited about the new colors. It's very successful. I also have another bag line, uh, my Nila bag line. You guys can see me posting about that as well. And um, you know, things are things are going great. I'm 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 out I'm out here doing my thing. Yes, you are. We okay. love it. Okay, so one <laughs> other thing we love are cocktails. So we're talking cocktails now, which which adds on sugar and 
and we know that yes. you love a good drink. And so how do you stay in such good shape I know. while indulging in the cocktails? Well, let me just say, I turned 56 on my birthday, which what? was February. Beautiful. So beautiful. I have crossed on over past 55, and I'm getting a little closer to the 60 now. So I had to definitely focus and make my health a bigger priority in my life. So January of 2023, I officially started my wellness journey. I work out three days a week. It is something that I have committed to. I feel good. I look good. And, uh, you know, I just had to make that life change. But getting back to the cocktail part of it, you know, I am definitely, again, you know, when you, you know, are a woman of a certain age or you're lucky enough to live a certain amount of years, you know, you just want to celebrate life. And mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I'm always looking for a reason to celebrate. Just waking up in the morning is a reason to celebrate. So what better way than to celebrate than with my Seagram's Escapes and my summer drink choice is our Peach Bellini Ombre Punch. Oh, we love it. Now, you've, you've been in partnership. You mentioned uh, Seagram's. You've been in partnership for a little bit, and, and now you have uh, a new uh, summer drink to tell us about. Uh, give us a little bit of the uh, inspiration behind this particular elixir <laughs> and how we can make it. <laughs> uh, all of Seagram's Escapes recipes are just so much fun. They're super easy, but I will say the inspiration for the Peach Bellini Ombre Punch is, you know, the Peach Bellini, you know, I'm, I, at the end of the day, I'm still in Georgia. I do, you know, split my time between LA and Georgia. So I'm always gonna be a Georgia peach. And after being on the Real Housewives of Atlanta for 11 years, you cannot, I'd still gotta hold on to some kind of peach at this point in my life. So oh. my peach bellini is is my, is my, my peach that I'll be holding on for a while now. And, um, you know, the inspiration for this drink is just, you know, people are excited, you know, we're past, COVID and the pandemic yeah. and you know we were like back outside and really enjoying ourselves so back outside you know, enjoying ourselves I, I and, and having a, a, a toast, really. Thank you, you Cynthia Bailey. She, she sent us the ingredients and our good people put it together this, for us. This is so tasty. And so, Cynthia, you got to tell us, you know, how do we make this thing? A lot of us are on okay. the go. You know, I, I yes. hear it's quick and easy. What so are we how tasting do we do here? This is good, girl. So easy, like less than five minutes. Basically, I already started mine with my bourbon. You know, it's one ounce of bourbon, but you guys can customize, you know, our ingredients to your own taste. Mm -hmm. If you want two ounces, you know, do two ounces, but we recommend one ounce, uh, half an ounce of lemon juice, which I've already put in here. I have my ice cubes in here already, I already have my little lemon garnish. So now I'm going to include the key ingredient, my very highly successful peach bellini, which I made myself Ooh. with Seagram Escapes, and it is so delicious. So I'm going to put that in here. Yes, ma'am. All right. So I have that. And then I'm going to throw some peaches in there. You can't have peach bellini without peaches. We love I'm it. I'm gonna throw a couple of sprigs of basil in here. And then to set it off, I'm going to very slowly pour the grenadine, which is gonna give it that ombre effect that you Ooh. see. Look how and 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 Miss Bailey, that, right? that's a pretty big drink. Toast to you. That's a pretty big drink. It looks like you you'll be going outside and then back to bed because that's, that's a lot right there. And and it's so fruity and light and refreshing. Yeah. You forget that there is a little uh, va 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 voom in there, and you can fill it uh, if, rather if, quickly. If you like a sangria, if you mm -hmm. like an aperol mm -hmm. spritz, you know, if you, if yes. you like you know that sort of whiskey mm. bourbon taste, but a little bit light, not too heavy. This is your drink. This is your drink for the summer. And again, you can customize it to your taste. If you're lightweight, just put less bourbon. If you like, mm -hmm. you know, to layer it up a little bit, need a little bit more, 
put a little extra bourbon. Oh, this it's is totally good. up so, to you. And, 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 and what food would you pair with I was with just this? about to say, I need a chicken wing or something, <laughs> a, 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 a bruschetta you know, or something. I know. Wing. You know what? I think it works with pretty much anything. Yeah. But I, for summer, you summer know, salad. trying to stay in shape, I would do like a nice salad with a nice piece of salmon on it. Ooh. Or even like a nice piece of chicken breast on it. You know, something a little more light and fun. But now I'm not mad at the chicken wings either now. I'm not. Yeah, before we let you go, um, we've been, you know, uh, had a front row seat, have had a front row seat to your life and, of course, Noelle's life. We've got to ask how she's doing. Uh, what is she up to as well? She's amazing. I'm actually in L.A. at her house right now. This okay. is her kitchen in the background. <laughs> we love it. That yes, she's upstairs. She's doing amazing. Um, she's 23 years old now. Wow. She is also an actress. As a matter of fact, we have a movie that, is coming out this year that we were in together. So I'm excited to, you know, bring that to you guys. We didn't have any mm -hmm. scenes together, but we're in the same movie together. So I'm excited about that. Of course, she's an influencer um, as well. And she's also, I think she wants to, I think she's getting ready to start taking some classes to um, learn to be a therapist, which wow. I will be her oh, first. Fantastic. We'll take it. We'll take it. You know, everybody's in therapy right now, so I think that's a great choice for her, and um, she's really excited about that. You know, my alma mater, Pepperdine, has a great marriage and family therapy program. Just saying. Oh, there you go. Uh, but so, you go. so good to see you. Uh, we want to make sure that all of our soulmates go to SeagramsEscapes.com to get the recipe yeah, for right. this, this delicious it's summer good. drink. It's really good. Toast to you, Cynthia Bailey. This is good. Yes, this is good, you. girl. Mm -hmm. One of our favorite Atlanta housewives. Toast to you. Thank, Thank you, you, Cynthia. You guys may see me popping in. You guys may see me popping in on the land of the season. So. Okay. Just, little nugget there. We'll be on the lookout. Pop on in. They, <laughs> help them out. Help them out, Cynthia <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> Yes, I had to check on my girls. I know that's so. right. Thank you so much. Uh, blessings on blessings. We can't wait to see you up there on the big screen and uh, come Thank back you. and see us soon. Oh, I will. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So now to some more headlines. We need a drink. <laughs> Pour yourself a drink. Heavy pour well, for this story. Well, let me be careful because I'm a lightweight, so, so let well, me put this here. Former GOP Senate candidate Herschel Walker has reportedly re-enrolled at the University of Georgia. All right, now a university spokesperson confirmed Walker's enrollment to digital publica, uh, publication The Hill. Uh, this follows last year's unsuccessful bid to unseat Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock. The former NFL star initially claimed during his campaign he graduated from UGA with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, but later acknowledged he left the university during his junior year to join a professional, uh, to join the professional football league. Well, look, going back to school is a good thing, no yeah. matter who you are. Sure. And, you know, I think part of what caught people off guard here is that Herschel Walker lied so much about his education before, right? And so to some, this almost feels like a walk of shame because, you know, you know, here you are acknowledging the lie. But look, you know, uh, we all have an opportunity to do better than we did the day before, mm -hmm. and Herschel Walker is no different. I, I, I would agree, and maybe going back to school and 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 legitimizing himself, you know, hopefully that does um, some good. I would hope that he would just stay out of 
the political arena and leave that alone. But it really brings to question, you know, the GOP and, and a viable, it looks like they've been searching for a viable black candidate. Um, obviously, there was a lot of question as to whether or not he was a qualifier. We're talking about Mr. Walker here. And uh, we've talked today about uh, uh, Senator uh, Tim Scott. So, you know, I, I think it brings to mind, like, who? Who? And I think that question is still to be answered. And when you look back at the Herschel Walker story, we definitely know it wasn't him, but that was their attempt to find a who. Yeah, well, you know, look, it's not AP Black history, but, you know, it's school. Yeah. And so uh, good for him. All right. This week we told you about Vinnie Johnson and how he took his NBA salary and turned it into an empire. Well, this week there's reports that an NFL player has done quite the opposite. That's right. It's being reported that one NFL player has lost over $8 million from gambling. During an episode of Mike Florio's sports talk show, he broke the news but would not identify the player. It all came to light after a guest introduced the idea of the league allowing players to gamble legally on sports so uh, sports books uh, can continue to benefit from the major contracts of inexperienced players. Now, as long as they don't wager on the league in which they compete, the NFL allows its players to partake in sports betting. He lost $8 million. I don't know if he could afford a drink, but he would need a drink <laughs> for sure. $8 million. Look, um, not everybody makes it to the league, whether we're talking football, basketball, what have you, baseball. And when you do, I feel like it's such an honor and a privilege. I mean, of course, it's a testament to your uh, ability and your talent. But, you know, where else would he would have went? And I'm not trying to doubt his skill set and have made $8 million. Not to say it's not possible, but the way he was able to make it based upon some God-given talent. And, you know, I know that gambling is also deemed as a, an addiction. But outside of that, where's your village to say, man, you know, save your money or get some help or stay away from, from the gambling, uh, the casinos. I, I just, that is a blown opportunity as far as creating generational wealth, as far as, you know, all the things that you were destined to do with that type of a head start, with that type of a financial foundation. Yeah, just, but, you know, we, we see that often. I mean, there are a lot of people who win the lottery and end up broke. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of people that come into lots of money and end up broke. And so, you know, this is sort of in that category, um, you know, and and, you know, financial literacy, you know, is it's important, you know, and, and without it, you know, folks are destined, mm -hmm. um, you know, for these sorts of outcomes. And so, you know, hopefully this is a cautionary tale to all of our soulmates out there yeah. watching. But this was like blood, blood, sweat and tears. It's tough to get in that league. That, that, that the lottery thing is like just pure luck, mm. you know, so it's just unfortunate. All yeah. right. Also this week, we reported on how Tyler Perry is the front runner to own the network, the BET network. And then there were reports that the deal was confirmed. Yeah, as many online started to send congrats his way, there are now conflicting reports that the deal hasn't happened. Yeah, if and when the deal closes, it would make him the first African-American to own not one, but two major television networks. The first time BET will be black owned again 
in over a decade and the first time VH1 would be black owned. Yeah, so it's important to note that Viacom, BET Networks, Paramount Global and Perry himself have not made any announcements confirming the news, but I'm telling you, Nick Cordelai Corte, if, if it were in fact true, if it's coming to, to truth, then, then, then Tyler Perry deserves a toast. And if you're wondering why we have drinks on the set, it's because if you're just joining us, uh, a former housewife, Cynthia Bailey, joined us with her new summer sipping uh, elixir, and we still have a little bit around. And, and it's our a, last day, I know, and so we you, said, why not? And you're doing a lot of sipping here, too. I got to slow down because I'm look, a lightweight. Look at this, y'all. Y'all see this? I can't. I feel it. What is this, bourbon? Did she say bourbon? <laughs> it's not velvet. <laughs> it's bourbon. Uh, back to with Tyler Perry. I yeah. hope all the rumblings are true. I hope that maybe they're in some secret room somewhere putting it all together and that eventually they'll make uh, some sort of announcement. The business sense in me says it's just, you know, they might have crossed paths, might have entertained some things, but nothing concrete because I think they would, if there, if there was something in the making or a little bit more concrete, I think they would, you know, maybe say something to hush the, hush all of the talk, you yeah. think? But I also think they're not going to allow the public to dictate you know, the negotiations. Yeah. This is a major negotiation, and the fact that, you know, they're still in negotiations, it seems like, is a good thing. I just think we're all excited. We don't see enough black-owned media outlets, mm -hmm. um, certainly not the size of BET and VH1. And so I think part of why folks are jumping the gun here is we're, we're just so excited that at a time where we see what feels like a, a, a divestment from black media platforms that potentially there might be uh, new investment, dare I say more investment, in a black media platform that we are all familiar with, BET, yeah, of And course. we're just excited. You know how we do. We love to speak things into existence. Well, we, so we, so we well, just well, we speak we're speaking it, on we're it. Speaking That's it, right. You know, Tyler or Byron or or 50 or Diddy or all of the above. Because remember, mm -hmm. we had the NAACP uh, yep. SVP of the Hollywood chapter mm -hmm. on that was proposing black equity That's television, right. uh, sort of ripping off of the Green Bay Packers uh, model there. Mm -hmm. So we'll continue to keep our eye on that. But still ahead, it's our favorite segment, Black Excellence. And today, we promise you, it's extra special. It really is. We'll tell you all of This guy needed a Cynthia <laughs> Bailey cocktail every day. Welcome Proceed. back to Foxhole's Black Report. It doesn't get any better than Father's Day and Juneteenth in the same weekend. So how and where to celebrate Juneteenth across the country, you ask? Here we go. The earliest documented Juneteenth celebration took place in Galveston, Texas. Back in 1866, the birthplace of Juneteenth festivities have continued every year uh, since uh, the first one more than a century and a half ago. Let's go to D.C., uh, where some of the district's leading cultural centers will hold events in New York. Juneteenth NYC will host the 14th annual Juneteenth NY Festival uh, from Friday, that's today, through Sunday. Yeah, and don't forget the Philadelphia Juneteenth Parade and Festival. It's held annually in West Philadelphia. Chicago will host the fourth annual Juneteenth Family Festival. And back in Los Angeles, hmm. hey, L.A., hmm. the second Juneteenth Global Celebration of Freedom Concert also takes place Monday with performances by Kirk Franklin, SWV, and Jodeci with a live broadcast by CNN. L.A. always showing out. That's 
Mandela is as we showing should. out. As we should. And do a little Googling if you don't understand, you know, the, the story in Galveston and, and why Galveston, Texas. Take a little time this weekend to read up on the, the birthing, if you will, uh, behind Juneteenth. It, it is heartbreaking yet inspiring at the same time. And why we gather as a country uh, to celebrate this day, why we've been pushing to make it a holiday. Mm -hmm. It is uh, one of the more significant um, observances for our culture. So read up on it if you're not pretty sure on what it's all about. Yeah, and you know, if you're really down with freedom and justice for all, this is also a great weekend to reflect on that mm -hmm. and reflect on what we can all do to help usher in an era where that is true, freedom and justice for all. And I talked earlier uh, about some of my Juneteenth experiences, and I just want to shout out Buffalo uh, again. Uh, we know the pandemic disrupted a lot of those festivities, but uh, my brother Jay Hicks, uh, who uh, works in radio, uh, was there managing uh, WBLK, I believe it is, and uh, went in for a summer and just had a time. We had a time. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of cities, a lot of communities, especially the ones we just talked about, they really go hard for Juneteenth. Yeah, and, and, and while LA's on my mind, you just mentioned radio, I wanna I wanna give a shout out to KBLA Talk 1580. That's the Tavis Smiley mm -hmm. station in Los Angeles hey, celebrating Tavis. their anniversary, our anniversary on Juneteenth. Very right? nice. Uh, that's an easy to remember anniversary. And so uh, everybody make sure you're tuning in to KBLA Talk 1580 in LA. Indeed. So, you know, as we uh, bring the show to a close, it's always about black excellence. And today for black excellence, we want to recognize the contributions of all of those at Fox Soul's Black Report from its creation until now. That's right. As many of you know, today is our last show, and we cannot express how much we appreciate and thank all of you for welcoming us into your homes and onto your devices each and every day. Good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> so for me, um, this was next level, you know, coming from radio, uh, being a part of newscasts pretty much on the couch, and then somebody believing in me saying, hey, we could put her in the anchor seat. Uh, this works, you know, and, uh, you know, this is this is network, so it, it felt very next level. Uh, I tripled my salary. I was able to come back home. Who knew I'd be back at home in Detroit? Who knew that they were going to bring operations? here to Detroit, Fox 2, an incredible family. I, I'm very blessed to have a husband who, who can live nomadically and just, you know, hop around all these different cities with me, but um, an absolute um, uh, pleasure. I want to thank uh, James DuBose for, for making that decision to bring here my, my agent, Varian Walton. Um, we have had a time. It's been very interesting. Uh, challenges come to make you better and stronger, but uh, I'm definitely going to miss uh, physically seeing you guys every day. I'm going to miss seeing you every day and yeah. The desk with you. This is this is my on, my on air partner. That's I've got right. to say, for me, this has been an adventure. Mm -hmm. It's been a welcomed adventure. I echo uh, our thanks to James Debose and to Stephen Brown right. and you Brad. know all the executives, Brad. You know that uh, were here at the very beginning. Uh, Howard, mm -hmm. our, our original EP. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to thank him uh, too. You know, each and every episode, we end by saying stay lifted. Mm -hmm. And one of the frequently asked questions I get is, well, why do you all say that? And I was really inspired because, remember, Tavis Smiley used to end his program saying, uh, keep the faith. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, what kind of encouragement can we leave people with? Because there were days where the show was really heavy. And sometimes the news in our communities is super heavy. And so we want to make sure that we encourage folks, you know, to 
to keep your head up, keep your chin up, you know, to stay lifted, keep your vibration high, because we know that right now being black in America, let alone black and fill in the blank, whether you're a woman, you're LGBTQ, etc., it's hard. Yeah. And each show, we, we end it by saying it takes a village. I know you do. And we want to introduce you to some uh, of the village, uh, starting in the control room with our director, Christina, yeah. that might not be here today. Yes, Alex and Vito and yep. Rob and Bob and Scott, uh, as well as uh, Laura and Greg, uh, who are a part of the Steve. station leadership here at WJBK. Uh, also, Lee, yep. Josh, and um, Brandon, and Brandon who, uh, for, for filling in. in our in. seats, yeah. Yes, we appreciate all of and you. these two here. And these two who, hey, who make the magic hey, happen. Yeah. Our, our executive producer, Aaron Amos. Aaron Amos. And we have Miranda Bryan our here, associate our associate producer. You know, when we say it takes a village it to does. produce a black report, this is what we're talking yeah, about. These are the villagers. Yes. So, soulmates, I just want to say it was an honor, it was a privilege to deliver the news and do something so beautiful and so amazing for the culture. It was a dream come true, and I'm just so excited for the future. Guys, I just want to say thank you guys so much for everything. It's been an absolute pleasure to come into your home and deliver the culture to all of you all. On behalf of all of us here at Fox Little Black Report, stay lifted. Stay lifted. That's right. That's right, guys. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Thank we'll you. see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Denver. <laughs> DZ, a.k.a. Wow.